Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. So your host, Ryan Coyle, joined by Joe Kometz, our weekly guest, as we now head into week five already of the college football season. Upsetting once it gets here how fast it goes, but a great slate ahead. Five ranked on ranked matchups for our top five games of the week. Uh, but welcome back to the show, Joe, and how are we? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic, Beef. I mean, like you said, <laughs> October on Saturday. A lot of these games are being played already in the month of October. It's crazy to me how, you know, we were sitting here begging for this day to come in like June. Now here we are already. We've This is what, our sixth show? Because we did week zero, right? That's, that's insane. It's already our sixth week doing this. But uh, I'm ready to get into it. All right. We'll recap last week real quick before we get into it. Uh, I had my personal best week of the season going 10 and 7. I went three and two straight up, three and two against the spread, four and one in the over under, and then zero and one on the upset and zero and one on the best bet. That pushes my record to the year for to thirty nine forty five and one. So digging myself still out of that hole from week zero, but slowly getting there, finding some momentum. Joe, you had another real good week. You went twelve and five overall. Your second five and zero straight up week. You're now twenty two and three on the year straight up. So if you're looking for some like parlays or something, look at Joe's uh, straight up picks for the money line there. Uh, against the spread, you went three and two. Over under four and one, by far your best week there. Uh, upset, you went zero oh and one, and best bet one and one, or excuse me, zero oh and one, uh, pushing your record to the year total to forty five thirty seven and one. So you have a pretty comfortable lead now on the season series. Uh, we'll see if we can flip the fortunes maybe this week. Um, I don't know who you picked this week. I didn't have a chance to look at your guys. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, without further ado, first ranked ranked game of the year or of the weekend, excuse me, for week five. We got number seven, Kentucky, at number 14, Ole Miss, 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Ole Miss, seven-point favorites here, over under 54.5. Joe, who do you got in this one? Uh, I have Ole Miss winning this game 31-20. to 20. I think Kentucky's kind of – like their offense, at least, is going to get a little bit exposed. Um, I think their defense is really good. I just think Ole Miss's offense is just, like, otherworldly, which kind of been what, we see, what, what we've seen from uh, – Lane Kiffin at all of his stops is a great offense. Um, another major uh, SEC road game, though, for Kentucky. I think both of this is going to be their second SEC game of the year, both on the road. So if they can sneak out a win here, that's going to be, you know, big going forward with already two road games, you know, out of the way in conference. They've cruised in their three non conference games, as has Will Levis, Connecticut guy. Xavier High School sat next to him at the uh, academic dinner. No big deal. Um, shook his hand. Hands are massive. Um, at least compared to mine. Uh, however, though, against Florida, you know, he had much more pedestrian numbers. You know, they won the game, which is all that matters. But Florida's also been a wildly inconsistent team. You know, they lose by five to Tennessee last week, but then they barely get by South Florida. Um, so you don't really know what you can take out of that game. Um, this is a great way to kick off the slate. You know, like five ranked ranked games. We're covering all five of them. Um, but I do think the Rebels are going to get a signature win at home. I think they're going to be in the top ten next week. Like I said before, I just think their offense is insane. Jackson Dart, you know, he's pre only has 697 yards passing, but coupled with that is 201, 201 yards on the ground. And, I mean, that's just that's that's just fantastic. Hmm. So, I mean, I got to go with the, the Rebels here. All right. Uh, I'm going Rebels, too. I'm going to take Kentucky plus the seven, though, uh, with over 54 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go Ole Miss 30, Kentucky 27. Uh Ole Miss is a team that I'm kind of surprised. I don't think I've had a chance to watch this year. Uh, but looking at their numbers and just the reputation of Lane Kiffin for 
wherever he's kind of go, gone throughout the college game, they're always going to be able to move the ball and put up points on offense. Averaging 41 a game this year, 488 yards per game on offense. Uh, they're insane on the ground as well, putting up 280 yards per game. They're one of the best rushing attacks in the land. Uh, that's 200 more than Kentucky's rushing for a game. Kentucky only rushing for 80 yards a game. I think that could be a major difference in this one. Um, Kentucky has had a really soft non-conference, and Ole Miss has played Cupcake City as well, playing Tulsa. Georgia Tech is probably the worst power five right now. Central Arkansas and Troy. Um, Kentucky, like I said, soft non-con, but already beat Florida at Florida, been tested. Uh, but they struggled with NIU last week, but that could, I think, been attributed to maybe like a look-ahead game at this game looming in the, in the future. I think Ole Miss's ability to beat Kentucky through the air and on the ground with their explosive runs, as well as being able to, you know, methodically move the ball down the field with chunk plays is going to allow the Rebels to win this one. They can just beat you in multiple ways on offense, and I think that's what makes them a dangerous team. So I think this is a real close game back and forth, though. Uh, but with Ole Miss at home, I'm going to have them win, but give Kentucky the cover. So Ole Miss 30, Kentucky 27 with Kentucky plus the seven and over 54 and a half. Second game of the week, we have number two, Alabama, at number 20, Arkansas, 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Alabama's a 16.5-point favorite, over under 61.5. Um, first thing I want to get back, I don't believe I said it, I have Ole Miss covering the spread for that last game, and 51, I have the under hitting in that game. Uh, going into this game, though, uh, I have Alabama winning 28-14, to 14, so I think Arkansas is going to cover just barely. And I think this game is going under. I, uh, this game screams under to me. Um, I, I just can't see Arkansas pulling this one off. I wanted to pick them so bad. I really did. Um, but Bama's defense is just as good, probably better than AM's, except they have a Heisman quarterback, AM has myself. <laughs> so that being said, I do think Arkansas will cover, though, because I could see Bama kind of getting into like a survive and advance mode. We saw how they were on the road against Texas. We saw last year, you know, them on the road, they weren't exactly dominate, dominating. Um, I do think, though, it's disrespectful to put the Hogs at a 16-and-a-half-point dogs. You know, if AM doesn't lose to App State, which I know is easy to say, AM would be probably like a top five, top ten team right now. So, you know, that's not a bad loss for Arkansas, and they fell all the way down to 20, which is also crazy to me. Um, I think they're a good team, however, I – like, I don't know. I could also see this game going the other way because, you know, as we know, whenever Bama comes down, um, it's that t- it's the home team Super Bowl, whenever Bama's playing there. Mm-hmm. It's the proud they've ever seen. It's the craziest environment. You know, you can go on and on and on. But on um, that being said, I just, I just don't think Jefferson's going to have a fun day against this defense. I think Will Anderson's going to have a big day, kind of make up for that Texas game where he had a couple big penalties there that kept him in it. Um Bama's just cruised ever since that game. Not that they've played anybody, but um, I think they're going to just keep going forward here and, uh, you know, handle Arkansas. I could kind of see this where it's close at the half or, it, you know, Arkansas is leading just like they were with Texas uh, against Alabama. But um, I guess I guess don't see the, uh, the Hogs pulling this one off. Yeah, I know Arkansas just lost to AM in that kind of gut-wrenching fashion, um, but I was shocked to see this game all the way up at 16.5 like you. AM does have one of the best defenses in the country, uh, and if it weren't for a few self-inflicted wounds, I think, by Arkansas, I think, especially that fumble at the goal line, I think they would have won that game. Um, this is a really good Razorbacks team in my eyes, 
And you best believe that they're going to be fired up, like you said, Joe, for their Super Bowl this week. You have to be able to match up physically in the trenches against Bama. And under Sam Pittman, that's where Arkansas had been good. He came from Georgia as their offensive line coach, so you know he was going to be able to recruit up front in the trenches. And they have the guys up front, I think, to kind of go uh, punch for punch, I think, with Alabama. And that's the biggest thing, to be able to stay in the game. This has the real makings of an upset here at home. Experienced dual-threat quarterback like K.J. Jefferson. Um, this is probably going to come back to haunt me, but I'm going to go with Arkansas at home in this one in a major upset. I think Bama has kind of shown that they they have some some flaws this year. I think that Texas game kind of exposed it. I think Bama loses one game this year, and this feels like it could be the spot. It feels like they're usually ripe for an upset on the road against another SEC team. We saw it before against Texas A&M, uh, Ole Miss back, back in the day. I kind of remember uh, back when Chad Kelly was the quarterback. This is just – one of those games where I don't think many people are going to see uh, see coming, and I'm just going to go out on the limb and, and take Arkansas in this one. So give me Arkansas 30, Alabama 28, Arkansas plus the 16.5, and, and under 61.5 hitting on that one. Uh, we go to the third game of the week now, number nine, Oklahoma State at 16, Baylor. 2.30 kickoff on Fox. Uh, Baylor is a 2.5-point favorite over under 54.5, rematch of last year's Big 12 title game. I have the Cowboys winning this game 38-35. to 35. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think Spencer Sanders is a freak. I think um, Chapin for Baylor is also a freak. You know, it's going to be one of those games. It's going to be a classic Big 12 shootout. Um, so I'm going with the over Oklahoma Staples 2.5. I mean, Mike Gundy is just – he's the college coach that he can't seem to win the big one. I mean, we've seen it 2012. He got screwed by the BCS computers putting in two SEC schools from the same division and having him at three, even though the computers were probably right because I don't think Oklahoma State was either was good as either of those teams that year. And then last year, all he had to do, he was – like I know this is a phrase people use a lot, an inch away. He was quite literally an inch away from – Oklahoma State was from scoring that touchdown, beating Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, and jumping Cincinnati and going to the playoff. I mean – it's just crazy how close, you know, they came and they, you know, just haven't been able to get over that hump for some unknown reason, even when they have the great teams. Like, I think they're another great team this year. This is going to definitely be a revenge game for Oklahoma State. It's going to be a damn good game. Um, Spencer Sanders, you know, this is kind of his last dance, and he's playing like it thus far. He's been balling out. And um, just one thing, this game is a microcosm, the fact that the Big 12 is by far the most exciting conference this year because you have – no clue who could win. Kansas could win. Kansas State could win the conference. You could talk yourself into legitimately any team making it because this conference is a true round robin. Every team plays each other, and it's the top two teams record-wise at the end of the season go to the conference championship game. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a great game, and this game is going to go a long way in kind of telling us where both of these teams are at. Like if Baylor wins a close one, then it's like, okay, you know, that loss against BYU is kind of just a fluke. Uh, you know, if Oklahoma State ends up winning kind of convincingly, it's like, ooh, well, how really, how good is Baylor this year? You know what I mean? So um, I think it's going to just, I think this is the most fascinating game of the weekend. I will say that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one as well. I like Oklahoma State to win this game too. I got them winning 30 to 24 over Baylor. So Oklahoma State plus two and a half, under 54 and a half. Uh, they just have one thing on their mind, the Cowboys, and that's revenge after losing that game to Baylor last year Big 12, in the Big 12 title game. Uh, like you said, Joe, Spencer Sanders has been playing out of his mind to start the year, and I think he should be in the Heisman conversation, especially if he finds a way to go on the road and win this one. 
leading an offense that's putting up 51 a game, and he's thrown for 916 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only one interception. He's been stellar to start the year. Um, they face by far the strongest defense they've played yet. In this Baylor team is only allowing 16.8 points per game. Uh, they're one of the best units in the country and one of the best coach teams under Dave Aranda. Real good kind of litmus test for, for both these teams as we see where they kind of stand in the Big 12. As you said, Joe, wide open now that Oklahoma stumbled up last week against K-State. Uh, Kansas 4-0 as well. I mean, it's uh, wide open, like you said, Joe. Really going to be a fun, close watch at the end of the year. Not saying that either of these teams' season's done. If they lose this game, they could surely – run the table the rest of the way, but this is a, a huge game to kind of give you maybe a little bit more separation because this this is a conference that's really going to come down at the end and it could come down to three or four teams and some head-to-head tiebreakers or whatever. So I think the revenge factor is going to be real in this one, though. Spencer uh, Sanders has that Heisman-worthy type game, and they keep the Cowboys alive for, for the Big 12 title again. So give me Oklahoma State 30, Baylor 24, Oklahoma State plus 2.5 and, and under 54.5. Fourth game of the week, we now go to the ACC. Yet again, a ranked-ranked game. We had number 22, Wake Forest, at 23, Florida State. 3.30 kickoff on ABC. Uh, Florida State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over under 66 here. Uh, I'm going Wake Forest, 31, Florida State, 28. But to be completely honest, I have no clue about this game just because of what's happening right now with Hurricane Ian just slamming into Florida. I mean, there's talks about moving this game to Sunday, you know, there, there have been talks about, you know, moving the game to the end of the season, canceling the game outright. I mean, you have no clue what's going on. Florida State canceled classes already for the rest of the week. So who knows what the crowd is going to be like as well with all the, you know, evacuations happening. Um, so this is just a complete toss-up pick for me. Um, if it weren't for the hurricane, this is going to be a great game. I think it still can be a very close game. But, um, you know, Wake Forest is safe and sound right now in North Carolina practicing. I don't know if this hurricane is going to affect Florida state's practices, you know, how they're eating. There's a million different things that can go on. That being said though, I I still think Florida state is like a step away. They finally started to climb up the mountain with Norvell. They were kind of stuck in the bottom. You know, we were talking about firing Norvell after they lost to Jacksonville state last year. It's a good thing they stuck with them because they're finally kind of out of the hole. They're not up the mountain yet, but they're starting to get up. I think it'd be a great game to, and judge where they're at, like a good measuring stick game to see, hey, is, are we really legit this year? But um, at the end of the day, I mean, also on the flip side for uh, Hartman and the Demon Deacons, you know, that you lose this game, you're sitting at two losses, season could kind of start to spiral on you, you know, because this is kind of a team that caught landing in a bottle last year and made it to the ACC championship game. But let me tell you, that's not happening this year. And if they lose this game, they could be sitting there kind of being like, well, you know, that was a fun one year, but it looks like we're not going to be able to get it back. Yeah, I, I I know everything with the hurricane going on. I didn't really take that into effect for, like, the crowd part because this is, I think, the biggest home game under Norvell and probably would have been the best crowd that he's had. So, like you said, Joe, we'll see the impacts of that. I'm still going to take Florida State, though, with this one at home. I'm going to take him 27-23. So, weight covers that six and a half, um, and then we go under 66 here. Uh, Florida State, I think, though, finally starting to hit that stride on Norvell, and that arrow is definitely pointing up, like you said, Joe, climbing that mountain. Uh, I talked about this last year coming into the season. I thought last year was going to be the year where we see them really make those strides and kind of get themselves back into that established top 25, and then this is the year we kind of see them go back to being that perennial top 10 type team. Uh, I might have been a year off on that because it looks like they're going to be solid. I th- still think they're going to be like a 9-3 and three team by season's end or something. 
but they have they have themselves back in the 25 consistently now. It looks like going forward, I really like how balanced they're playing. That's the thing that sticks out to me most about them. 37 per game on offense, 18 uh, per game on defense. They're showing that they can win in different ways. They don't have to beat you in a shootout. They don't have to win 13 to 10. They they can win in different ways, and that's really important. And Travis Jordan Travis is having a really nice and efficient season, only throwing one interception so far. And it sounds really simple, but just flat out taking care of the football is the easiest way to keep yourselves in games, especially against a high-scoring team like Wake Forest. If you're consistently turning the ball over in this one and they're able to just – Score in big flash plays. It's going to be it's going to be really hard to come back. Um, if Jordan Travis is able to just take care of the football, keep the turnovers down like he's done all season, I really like their chances in this one at home. Um, I think last week's loss to Clemson was just a real heartbreaker for Wake, as if they were ever going to beat them. Like the big brother of the ACC would likely have been last week, but they came up short again. Florida State though really strong pass defense, only allowing 165 yards per game through the air, which is the main reason I'm confident they win this game against that pass happy attack for Wake Forest. So. Hopefully uh, everyone's safe down there in Florida. They're able to fill up the stands. Uh, biggest home game under Norvell by far since he's taken over after, I think this is year three or year four now. Uh, but I'm going to roll with Wake Forest here, but give me a, or excuse me, Florida State here, but Wake Forest to cover and the under to hit. Uh, and our fifth game of the week, the night game on ABC. Another one which has some questions regarding the hurricane as well, uh, but that's number 10 NC State at number four Clemson, 730 on ABC. Clemson's a six and a half point favorite over under 42. Uh, I have NC State. Uh, I have taken on the win this game 24 to 22. You know, Clemson real jacked up after last week's road win. You know, one of the biggest wins since the COVID year for Dabo, for DJ. DJ played out of his mind. Clemson fans are starting to say, all right, we're back. We're ready to go. They're coming home. 7.30 night game. One of the biggest, not only games for NC State, one of the biggest games in the ACC regular season in years. This is a huge game, primetime game. This game was kind of getting the feel, you know, that Clemson-Florida State had back in like the early 2010s to mid-2010s when Florida State was still the top dog and Clemson was trying to crawl their way up, you know, when Florida State was starting to show a little bit of cracks here and there. Clemson, you know, last year was the first time they've showed like a little crack in the armor since they've been dominant. I know they still ended up going 10-3, and three, and they're dominating this year. But, you know, NC State is a really good team. You know, 2020, they were, I believe, top 25. Last year, obviously, they beat Clemson at home. This year, I think with Devin Leary and Clemson kind of coming off of a, you know, real big high last week, especially, you know, with the trap, with the hurricane, who knows what's going on. I could see this game getting weird. And, uh, I mean, I'm picking NC State to pull off the upset. Wow. All right, I'm going to go Clemson 37, NC State 24. Clemson wins convincingly, covers that 6.5 in the over 42 hits. Uh, But biggest game in NC State history, potentially. I mean, this is what they've been looking forward to all offseason, listening to stuff and and reading stuff throughout the summer months. It's just been every time NC State's been brought up, they've been looking forward to this week five matchup against Clemson. It's just been beaten into the players' skulls, I think. Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. And unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to matter in this one. Despite being 4-0, they haven't been that impressive besides that 13-point win over a Texas Tech team who's looking like a pretty solid squad this year. Um, they got lucky that they that ECU missed those two kicks that helped them win that first game. Um, if this game was at home, maybe it's another story, but 
Clemson at home is just so tough. I know the Hurricanes self looming as well, but it sounds like this one is on track to be played. Um, and their offense with the, with the Tigers might have their swagger back because they put up at least 35 in every game this season. DJ kind of is looking like the, the guy that we expected him to be. Um, they might have just needed to get some new some new blood in there at OC. And with Tony Elliott now at Virginia, they got some new some new guys w- working with the offense now, and I think that might have changed it up for them a little bit. I just see NC, NC State falling flat in a big spot here. They're not really used to the big stage and the big moment, and I think we kind of see that here with, with a Clemson team that kind of has that championship pedigree. So Clemson's 37, NC State 24, Tigers cover 6.5 and, and over 42. Uh, best bet of the week now time. Joe, let's start us off with this one. So my best bet, currently one and four. Four-game losing streak, not great. We're trying to get back on track this week. I'm going Georgia minus 28 at Missouri. Missouri stinks. They are a terrible football team. They should have beaten Auburn last week and gotten Harson fired, and they ended up losing off of a touchback in overtime because they fumbled out of the back of the end zone. It actually came out on Fox Sports in the pregame. I didn't know about this until I was listening to a uh, podcast earlier in the week that I don't know who the insider guy for um, the big noon kickoff is. I'm forgetting his name right now. But he actually reported on the show that if Auburn lost, they were going to fire Harson after the game. He kept his job for another week, even though that was the the biggest, like, if you win that game, I don't know. that They felt like they lost, even though they won. I don't know how to put that into better words, but that's how it felt. Georgia's coming off a week where, don't get me wrong, statistically they crushed Kent State. It was never really in doubt. Uh, on the you know on these on the scoreboard there were times where it was kind of close where the golden flashes were hanging around for a little while. I think Georgia's going to come out this week and remind everyone, hey, we are still the defending national champions. We're still the top dogs, and I think they're just going to smoke Missouri. So that being said, now of course Missouri's going to cover with ease, and I'm just going to hate my life. <laughs> I'm going to go the team that Georgia struggled against last week. Looked pretty impressive, and that's Kent State. I'm going to take Kent State minus 10 versus Ohio. These guys have played the toughest non-conference schedule by far in the country. They played Georgia, Oklahoma, and Washington, all top uh, at least 25 teams. I forget what George or Oklahoma fell down to, but I think they all might be in the top 15. So, But they're going to be more than prepared to play this Ohio team who needed two fourth-quarter touchdowns last week to come back and beat FCS Fordham 59-56 or something like this is a team that Swiss cheese on defense. Kent State, who is able to uh, play pretty well and put up some points against that ro- uh, loaded roster of Georgia's defense, just very – I was very uh, impressed by them, kind of watching some clips. So I think we could see an ass-kicking by Kent State at home, especially this week. Um, maybe they're a little beat up from playing against the guys at Georgia last week, and they might get out to a bit of a slow start. But I think as the game goes on, we'll kind of see – Kent State is a is the team to beat in the MAC this year after that tough non-conference schedule. They're going to be prepared. They're not going to be kind of phased or, or scared of any team that they face going forward. So give me Kent State minus 10 uh, as my best bet of the week. And then we go to the upset special. Uh, Joe, hit us with your pick here. I'm going Old Dominion plus three and a half. I'm looking live on FanDuel as we speak. They are plus 146 on the money line. I know not the biggest dog this week. You know, I kind of like taking a little bit bigger – um, upset picks, but I was just looking at all the top 25 games. I don't feel confident any of those upsets hitting. Um, I'm taking Old Dominion at home. They've already proved, you know, against the state of Virginia, 
They are one and one. They beat Virginia Tech at home. They lost on a game losing field goal to Virginia. Now they have Liberty, who is in the state of Virginia, coming to them. You know, Old Dominion is by far the smallest like FBS program, I believe, in that state. So I believe it is those four. And I'm forgetting another one. I'm blanking. That's on me. Oh, JMU just moved up. Okay, that's five. And JMU's like probably considered a bigger dog than Old Dominion. Um, that being said, though, they're coming to the Hampton Roads area. They're coming to uh, Norfolk. Um, I think Old Dominion's going to win at home. I think it's going to be a great game. Game I probably won't get to watch this weekend, but I think it's going to be a great game. And also, I will say this. I actually just make my upset – I actually take the spread for my upset picks and make them my best bet because East Carolina, who I picked in week one, covered Washington State last week. Blue, Washington State, West Kentucky, back-to-back weeks, my upset picks have just completely blown games when I had them all right. So that's stunk, but they both have covered the spread. So that's three of my four that have had spreads have covered so far. So that being said, hmm. give me Old Dominion outright. If Old Dominion plus three and a half hits, I might just start taking the spread and making that my best bet of the week. All right. I'm going to go with our Jayhawks, baby. Three-point dogs here against Iowa State. I'm going to take them outright, plus 130 on the money line. Not much to say, but let's just keep it rolling, Jayhawks. They've shown the ability to be a high-powered offense, and I don't think uh, Iowa State has the offensive pieces to win a shootout on the road here. Jalen Daniels. He's a dark horse Heisman guy right now. He's got to be like top five right now. He's having an awesome year. Um, this new era of Kansas football, hopefully the coach kind of sticks around and he can kind of build them up into a consistent contender instead of just a consistent laughing stock. It's been cool to kind of see uh, new life uh, kind of driven into this program. So I think they carry this momentum forward. Um, Iowa State had that tough loss last week to Baylor, just kind of a bit of a heartbreaker like Wake Forest had, which kind of that was a game that you've been looking forward to. You wanted to win, uh, make sure you could win that game, get some revenge from last year, and they were unable to. So I'm going to take Kansas here, keep the momentum rolling as the outright uh, home dog and, and to win this one. Uh, but any last second comments, Joe, before we head out? Great week ahead. I was going to say great week ahead. Hopefully the games on the field live up to the, you know, the games on paper. Um, huge weekend. I, I can't wait. I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. Don't know how much I'll be able to watch this weekend. Um, being it, shout out Misericordia, homecoming weekend. But um, I can't wait. It's going to be a great weekend. Let's get into it. All right. Sounds good. And we will talk next week.